Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. Welcome back, everybody. Hall of Fame time is upon us, and here is a special 30 with Murdy that really needs no introduction. A few weeks ago, I had the chance to sit down with the greatest closer of all time and the first man ever elected to the Hall of Fame by unanimous vote of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Here is my conversation with the one and only Mariano Rivera. So for years... We have been referring to you as future Hall of Famer, Mariano Rivera. Everywhere you go, everybody refers to you as future Hall of Famer. Now that you are an actual Hall of Famer, how does that feel? What's different? Oh, my God, Sweeney, this thing is it's amazing. I mean, well, the only difference is that I'm a Hall of Famer now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, the rest is, is the same, man. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I thank God for that, and um my teammates, everybody that was part of my life, obviously my family, you know, but life continued. I had to move on, you know, and uh, it's great to see that, uh, you know, the job that you've done for, that you love, the career that you love for so many years, uh, the tears that you shed, uh, the laugh that you share. And uh, at the end, you know, I mean, uh, the Lord, uh, Somehow, uh, smile on you, and uh, and you know it was a blessing. It was a blessing, Sweeney. I mean, being able to uh, to talk or to say that you are a holy thing. Your visit there in February, when you got to see everything and see the place where people are going to come see your jersey, your plaque, and everything else. What was that like for you? Well, I went to Cooperstown. I've never been there before. You know, I was like a child in a in a candy store. <laughs> it was amazing, you know. I went through the museum and, and saw everything. You know, I was able to see uh, 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 Roberto Clemente's uh, hat, uniform, Caru uniform, bad. I mean, Ted Williams bad. I mean, uh, babe, uh, 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 the babe uh, bad. I mean. It, 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 it was amazing, amazing, you know. It brought me to, I mean, like, wow, you know. And knowing that uh, I would have a little place on this building, amazing, amazing. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend what was going on. You know, I was just thankful because it was something, it was beyond, you know, beyond my imagination. It's certainly more than just a little place, but I understand because there's been there have been so many great players coming through there. I understand what you're talking about, but a lot of those great players will be there with you on induction day. You're going to be standing up, and on a stage behind you, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax, so many great players again, right behind you, listening to you speak, and now you will be one of them. Have you thought about what that moment, what that feeling is going to be like? Sweeney, no, I haven't. I haven't because again, you know. 
when I try to think about it, my mind goes bananas. <laughs> yeah, I had to stop. You know, yes, you know, I'll be considered at that moment one of them. You know, a rookie, a little baby, however you can call me, I'm one of them. You know, and that's the beauty about it. That, uh, you know, I mean, they consider yourself one of them. You consider yourself one of them. People consider their, yourself one of them. You know, and, and that's what it is. You know, you play with the game with such a prestige, play the game with so much love, passion, determination, giving the team opportunity to win, the fans opportunity to see something special. And at the end, you know, uh, be remembered as a Hall of Famer. It's you know, it's it's every it's every player's dream. You know, every player's dream is to be All Star. Every player's dream is to be champion. Every player's dream is to have a great career, and every player's dream is to be a Hall of Famer. But the thing is that uh, not too many have the opportunity to be. It's, it's, when I think like that, I'm like, wow. I only have to say I'm a blessed man. There will be some people on stage with you that you have some history with, and you helped get there along the way with you. Uh, let's start with Mike Messina. You saved 49 games for him, including 10 in that final season when he won 20 for the first time and probably put himself forward to, to joining you on that stage at the Hall of Fame. What do you remember about uh, being teammates with Mike Messina? I remember being teammates with Mike Messina. It was so, it was so fine that, I, you know, you always, as a closer, you always want to be there for your starters and for the rest of the team, obviously. But I remember when he was winning, he was, uh, he won his 19 game and his last game was on, in Boston. Mm -hmm. Okay. 2008, I have my, uh, my shoulder, we just finished in Toronto. We got uh, disqualified in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, I shut it down. So with my shoulder, it was so, I was pitching in pain. So I had to get surgery. And I shut it down and said, you know, I won't pitch no more. I don't, it's no need to, you know I mean? Uh, we just been qualified. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I get my surgery as soon as possible so I get ready for the season next year, 2009. So 2008, Musina was pitching in the, in the uh, first game yeah. of uh, double hitter in Boston. And again, I was shut down. All of a sudden, the game is, is on the line. You know, I'm in the bullpen with uniform, everything, suit for the game, but I wasn't pitching. And I'm like, man, Musina, he needs me. And I pitched. I believe I pitched two innings or inning plus to save his game because he was winning. We were winning by three, four runs all the sudden. Mm -hmm. The bullpen gave up to maybe one run. Two runs, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I come and say, you know, I pitch. I pitch for Musina, and I did. And he won his number 20. Yeah. I was proud to say that uh, I was able to help Musina for his time in his career to win 20 games. You know, it, it was amazing that uh, he was able to do it for so long in a, in a competitive, you know, in a competitive way. Roy Halladay's family will be there, and uh, tragically he's not with us anymore. You, uh, you helped him along the way, and I know you took some grief from this, but 
you know, because he beat the Yankees a lot because of what you did. But the idea of just talking your craft with another pitcher and helping him through something like that, what, what is that experience like for you? To me, uh, Roy was a, a, a great player, a friend. I didn't know him, I didn't know him real, real well, but I considered him a friend. And, uh, you know, always when you're in the, in the uh, All-Star games, you talk. You speak to other players, other pitchers, and uh, obviously, you know, we were talking, and uh, he has approached me to to teach him about the quarter, tell him about the quarter, and I told him, you know, yeah, this is how I do it, this is how I throw it, you know, and it's just just grip here, pressure here, and release it like that, and the rest is history. I mean, he was able to to use it and and learn it, not like mine. No one threw it like me, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but uh, he was able to to use it in uh, I would say seventy percent, and he mm-hmm. was he was uh, uh, effective, especially against us, mm-hmm. and the guys were killing me, Derek and Posada and the rest of the team. Oh, why you show the man? Because they put it on TV when we were <laughs> was in uh, in Centerfield, yeah. you know, talking about it. And we were talking about pitching, and. <laughs> For that is is amazing, but I uh, I don't regret moments like that or, or or times where I I was able to teach other because I mean uh, we need to share, you know we need to uh, 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 express ourselves in different ways, not only verbally but effectively. You know what I mean? If I was able, I mean he was one of the hundreds that came to uh, to. Uh, asked me about the pitch. And he was able to take advantage of that. Edgar Martinez, well-deserved. You helped, you helped put him there, too, because I he did. did very well, right? I did. I told him, I said, Edgar, man, you owe me a dinner. Because if it wasn't for me, you won't be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Again, again you're not a great guy. You know, player that, that everybody respect. Player that went to his business, and I couldn't get him out. You know, finally, later on... on on my career, uh, I was able to make some pitches that he wouldn't like, and I was able to get him out a few times. But the times that I get him out, it was because no one can hit that pitch. Yeah. Not even Edgar can hit that pitch, you know. But uh, he was amazing. And uh, again, it's a, it's a, again, you, you see people like that, they're always pushing and pushing to, to do the best for them and for the team, you know. And in the game, you know, they got, they've got – it gets retributed or, or compensated back to them in a measured way. There are two people who I know would have loved to have been at the ceremony this summer. They're no longer with us, so they're not able to be there, but I would like you to tell me a little bit about the impact they had on your life and your career. First is Herb Rayborn, the scout who signed you for the Yankees and started this whole journey with you. Yes, I mean, uh, obviously uh, Herb for me was someone special that uh First of all, me, the Lord, they put a herb on my path so he can sign me for the New York Yankees. You know, herb was always there for me, fighting for me, allowing me to uh, to pitch, giving me the opportunity to pitch. I remember that uh, I was supposed to go to Dominican Republic at age 20, and he fought for me, he fought for me, and then uh, he sent me to uh, Tampa, you know, and... and and the rest was history. So he was that type of uh, uh, man that when he was there for you, he was there for you 
and not only for me i saw him doing it with many others you know but i was one of the bunches that uh, he helped because they were his players but i i i, I have a great relationship with herb and yes it's uh unfortunately he won't be there but uh, that's one person that i surely wanted to be there I've spoken to Herb's daughter, and she's very proud of everything that uh, that you've accomplished and ha- have his name out there because it's attached to you. Uh, he passed away a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. This past January, we lost Mel Stottlemyre, and he was uh, with you for a very long time. Uh, I know you shared a lot of personal time with him. What, what are your thoughts when you think of, of him and what he meant to you? Mel was um, another uh, friend pitching coach that always was there for me. I remember Mel t- took me to spring training, not spring training, to uh, instructional ball mm. right after we won a World Series. I said, Mariano, we need to work on this. I believe that this will help you. This will uh, help you be more effective and more longer from your career. Longevity. We work about making uh, throw less pitches. I was using more pitches, more strikeouts. He says, well, we don't need to throw 30 pitches or 20 pitches in the inning. Focus to to get on the 10th, on the 12th, the 13 pitches in inning, and you will be okay. And, and we did. And everybody saw after that how effective, thank God I was, with few pitches. You know, and I believe that that's one of the keys that I was able to do it for so long and stay uh, healthier for so long. This was after the 96 World Series? After, I think it was 98. 98, wow. After 98. After 98 World Series, I believe we went to a, a instructional ball to, uh, to work just a little bit and just work more, throw a lot of more strikes around the play. Don't try to to uh, to blow out people. Just try to allow them to help me make contact and get ground balls and and double plays. And I did, I did, and uh, it was good. It was good. Obviously, a big impact on your career. There's a day that people have talked about a lot, and I've talked to Derek about this. He says it's all your fault. Uh, the day in 1995 when both of you were sent down to the minors on the same day. Uh, I know, you know. You both shared a lot of pain that day, but what what was it about you? You've also both said that you're coming back. You will be back. What else did you guys talk about that day? What else do you remember about that day? Well, we, we remember as being almost in tears, but at the same time, there was the passion. There was the fighting, the fight in us, that fire that we never gave up. You never were being sent down from nowhere. In that moment, yes, it was my fault. I didn't do good. <laughs> and uh, they sent me down both at the same time. And uh, we were there in Bennigan's, Inglewood, New Jersey. And uh, we sure enough, we were saying, hey, we're, we're coming back. And uh, we're coming back for good. We just have to do whatever it takes to come back and, and stay forever. If he doesn't get 100% of the vote next year, what are you going to say to him? <laughs> you know what? 
one thing one thing that we always have in common is was it was a pattern. When I was in my in, in, in single A, we were in the same team single A. I, uh, I'm older than him, but the point is that I, I had surgery, so I had to mm-hmm. hold back two years. So we started in the further state league. They moved me to double A. When they moved me to double A, sure enough, Derek, like a month ago, month after, he's in double A. Then they moved me to triple A. Sure enough, Derek was there with a month later, triple A. And the same to the big leagues. They sent us down the same day <laughs> to triple A. We almost literally came back up almost the same time to the big leagues again. The same way, me and then him. You know, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I will be upset at him, okay, <laughs> if he doesn't accomplish what he needs to accomplish. You know, because, I mean, uh, now, you know, I was the first one to be uh, uh, 100% unanimous. I expect him to join me the same way, you know, because it, was, it has been a pattern. But, you know, happens or not, to me, he's, to me, he is a unanimous in my book. Because, I mean, I saw Derek uh, play day in and day out for all those years. And if it's someone that I, I will want every big league player to hustle, to play the game the right way, to run to first day, even in that ground ball, it has to be like him. He was, he always gave his best at all time. And you know, again, for me, he, he is special in my book. He's my brother, my family, you know, and I, I don't expect nothing less than that. He don't expect nothing less than that. You know, so I mean, again, you know, someone competitive, someone that push himself to the limit. You know, it wasn't given to him. You know, he, he, he worked for it. You know, he earned it. The job that he he got in 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 '96 uh, to be the uh, starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, he earned it. He earned it. He fought. He worked hard every day, every year. I saw him make many errors, and the following year he got better. The following year he got better, you know, and only because he worked at it, you know. It wasn't just because he got talent and and he didn't do nothing and he was there. No. He 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 bust his tail off to uh to work and be the best that he could be. It's a good thing for you too, because if you didn't win that job in spring training, they were gonna trade you to Seattle Imagine, to get a shortstop, yeah, to right? Get a shortstop. Yeah. So you know, that's why, you know, as a brothers we we, <laughs> we back up, we take care of each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's amazing. It was amazing. There are two scenes in my mind that uh, when I think about you and your career, and I would like you to kind of take me inside them and tell me like what goes through your mind in those. One is the jog to the mound from the bullpen at Yankee Stadium. And we all know the scene that we've seen a million times, the music blaring and the crowd going crazy. But I'm curious because the last time you did that, you and I did an event with at Bernie Williams charity a few months after your final game and we watched a video of that and as it's happening they play it and they play the Bob Shepard introduction 
which he had already passed, so they, it was on. It was recorded of you before you went to the mound, and you leaned into me and said, "Hey, that's Bob Shepard," because in the moment that it happened, you were not aware of it. Was that? I'm curious. Was that always the case for you? What was happening with you on the jog to, from the bullpen to the mound? Were you aware of all the craziness and the loud stuff that's happening around you? Or was there something else going through your mind as you took each step in? Every time that I took that, uh, those doors from the bullpen uh, guiding me to the mound, I had one thing in mind. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of my surroundings. I wasn't aware of the music. I wasn't aware of who was in the field. I wasn't aware of none of that stuff. I was aware of who I had to face and get one out at the time. And I was every time that I was tapping to that field, getting closer to that mount, the intensity of of determination and, and focusness and being able to to do what I supposed to do in all those years, you know, that's what I have it in mind. In mind is okay, I have I coming into the eighth inning, I have six outs to get, but I cannot get six outs in one shot. I wish I can throw one page and get six outs, but I couldn't. So one by one, that was my my mentality. That was what I was focused on. The rest, I didn't I didn't pay attention at all. As a matter of fact, when I was pitching after the inning, let's say I pitched the eighth, finished the eighth, going into the uh, to the dugout, friends of mine, they said that uh, I look at them. And they were doing this and screaming my name. And they, and they said, they didn't acknowledge that. <laughs> but I said, man, I never saw you. Mm-hmm. That's how intense it was for me, how focused I was when I was pitching. You know, I was, it, it's true there is a tunnel vision because I believe it. I experienced it. So when you talk about tunnel vision, I know what you're talking about. When someone mentioned tunnel vision, I know what they're talking about because I live it, you know. So I was able to be so focused that I lost uh, uh, control of, or perhaps on time. I just was in a mission to accomplish a mission that I was the man to go for. The other scene in my mind that I always flash back to when I think about you is from spring training. You're sitting at your locker, 8, 8.30 in the morning, and spread out on the floor all around you are all the young Latin players from all over, many different countries, and they're not even always young. Sometimes they're veteran players, and they're seated next to you. They're seated at your feet, and it's you holding court, you talking to them, and I always found it fascinating how how open you were and giving with your time to them and really the look on their faces as they were talking to you. What were you talking to them about? What what was what was what were those conversations like? You know, Sweeney, their times, you know, were most of them rookies, you know, also veterans. And we just talk about what a privilege it is for us to be there another year or for the first time or a few years, you know. And I was being I was being able to see them grow, 
you know, Americano, the Melky, Veras, the uh, Sanchez, you know, see them all growing up, you know. To me, that was priceless. It was no price for that because I was imparting, I was investing in them, you know, uh, something that uh, I wish someone did for me. I was giving them uh, or putting in them, yes, we can, you know, hope, insurance, knowing that uh, you're there because you earn it. You're there because you're good. You're there because you're special. And don't allow no one to tell you something different or something less than that. Not because of where you came from, not because you are Latin, not because you're black, even because white. There were some mm-hmm. white players there, mm-hmm. you know? I say, it don't matter where you come from or the backgrounds. The matter is that you are here in the same thing that we are. We are a team, so we have to take advantage of this opportunity that a lot of people will desire to have, but they can't. And now you're here with the, uh, uh, with the opportunity to do something special. Don't miss it. Don't, don't take it for granted. Yeah, give you best. Those were the conversations that we yearly, year after year, you saw me holding basically court mm-hmm. in front of uh, uh, young boys and also older, bo- older men, you know, but to me it was special. To me it was something that, uh, you know, again, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it the same way because, I mean, that, that gave me satisfaction that I put something in them. And when I see them in the big leagues having success and pushing forward, I say, man, that's the way. People who see you now or saw you throughout your career saw a, a very successful man. And you look around now, well-spoken, well-dressed. You, you, know, you have wealth because of your accomplishments in the baseball field. And uh, you raised a family in a, in a much different environment than what you grew up in. But can you, the people that you were talking about, that you were talking to, you share something with them. It's very difficult to come to the U.S. as a teenager or a young man and all you don't know is how to play baseball and you don't speak a lot of English and don't know how to make your way around. Can you express to people who see you now and see the person you are now how difficult a path that is? Sweeney, you touch a subject that I, I wish everybody touched in more because, I mean, we are giving them, us, the players, uh, we don't teach them right. We need to learn the language. It was so difficult for me because, yes, I mean, people saw the results, the after result, but people never saw from minor league to the big leagues. They never saw all those years, you know, what I went through, going to bed crying because I couldn't communicate. I couldn't speak the language. The frustration, not about the game. The game was 
and somehow easier. But everything else, the process that I went through from minor leagues to the big leagues, it was it was a teaching. It was a life teaching. And I understood that for me to be better, I have to learn the language. And I made myself thank God that gave me the courage and the mentality to learn the language. I was able to communicate with my teammates, communicate with my pitching coach, and communicate with my manager. That was important to me. I need to know what they were telling me. I need to know how I have to go to my business, what my concerns, how I do it. I need to relate that message. So when I understood that the language, it will be a big role in my development, in my career, I was all for. And I pushed myself to learn the language. I don't speak I don't speak well, but I understood anything and everything that you wanted to tell me. So that was for me was special and that was the catapult to success because I learned the language. What I'm trying to say with that, that we need to learn the language. We cannot rely in others to give us to send the message because you don't know what that person is saying. You might say something and that person heard something else and that's the message that he is going to release to the media. And then the paper says, oh, I didn't say that. Well, he said it. All right? How you avoid that? You learn the language. Easy. What was your best day on the field? What do you think of? My best day on the field, Sweeney, was wearing the uniform. My best day on the field was, wasn't, wasn't just a moment where I take place doing something. No. We have a lot of moments like that, great moments like that. But every time that I have an opportunity to put a uniform day on day for 19 seasons, man, to me it was, you know, I was wearing the same uniform that Bay Ruth wore, the same uniform that uh, Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Vera, and many others. To me, I had the opportunity to wear that same uniform. Man, I had to honor that. And for me, that was the moment. Did you have a worse day on the field? No. Everything, everything that happened to me was uh, a teaching or if not, just a, a moment to grow and, and, and get better. You know, I mean, uh, we have uh, difficult moments. Yes, uh, defeat, uh, uh, World Series, playoff, regular season, you know, injuries. But I don't regret any of that. I won't change it, any of that. If I had to do it all over again, I want it to be the same way all over again. A lot of times when people ask me about, like, what are some of your great moments, it's funny because all the saves, they, they don't stand out to me because it was you did the job you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The ones that you didn't finish are the ones that stand out. They're more memorable. They're memorable. What did the losses teach you? 
the losses uh, teach me that uh, well, I had to push. I had to do something different. I had to learn from them. And sometimes they just flat out beat you. Nothing to learn, nothing to be teach, nothing that you had to change anything. They had a job. Imagine this, really. If you always do your job when you go outside. I mean, you will never appreciate how to be in the mountaintop if you've never been in the valley. You know, how, 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 how you know how, what it feels? Because you've never been defeated, you know? Mm-hmm. So you appreciate it when you defeat, and you have to get up. You have to push yourself to get to the mountaintop, step by step. That's why you appreciate it. So for me, it was just that, you know? Learn when you have to learn, and then take it when you have to take it because they just flat beat you up. You've made New York your home. You're a New Yorker now. Um, what do you, you're very involved in your community with schools yes. and churches. Yes. What do you, when you get officially inducted into the Hall of Fame, it essentially closes the book on the baseball part of your life. What do you want the second half of your life to be? Well, I want to be my second life my second half of my life, I want to be greater than my first, than my first half. How? I was saving games. Now I wanted to save life, to be different in somebody's life, somebody's teenager's life, men's life. It don't matter what life is, as long we can touch them. That is my goal in life for the rest, from now to the rest of my life. The Lord gave me 40, 20, 30, 10, one more year. He only knows I wanted to do something for somebody else. That's what I wanted to do with. Matter of fact, they do talk about we are working to build a learning center in Neurocha. Why a learning center? Because there's a lot of kids on the streets that need guidance. They need someone to step up. They need someone that has been there has done it, has been successful, and can give you an opportunity to for you to accomplish that. I want to be that person, you know? So, uh, and obviously, I'm going to need help, and I'm going to be talking to you guys okay. to for you guys to promote what I want to do. But at the same time, uh, that's what I wanted to do, Sweeney. I wanted to be, seem like, I, won't, I, don't, I don't stop. I, I always ask the Lord to give me wisdom, but also, to give me health so I can be strong to help others. And I don't help others by sending other people to do the job. I do the job with my good hands and my two good feet. And that's what I want. I want the Lord to keep me strong so that I can go and help and touch other people's life. That when I die, someone say, man, this boy was a team player. That's what I want to say. Uh- Thank you for all your time and for all the memories. And I want you to enjoy that day up on the stage. It's uh, it's one that not many people get to experience. I know you're looking forward to it. I hope it's everything you dreamed it would be. It will be everything and beyond, Sweeney, because, I mean, it's, it's mean that the Lord has blessed me in an amazing way. And he is in control. So I will enjoy 
the always thoughtful and insightful Mariano Rivera. Listening to him speak here makes me look forward to his speech on Induction Day in Cooperstown. Be sure to go check out our episodes with fellow Hall of Fame inductee Mike Messina and the headliner in next year's class, Derek Jeter, who talks about his former teammates who are entering the Hall this summer. You can find the 30 with Murdy archive on radio.com and on iTunes. Subscribe and check out all our past episodes. Until next time, thank you for listening. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 